You're listening to How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. Hey, Chris. What can we help you with? Hi, guys. So I eat a, a frozen dinner for, for lunch just about every day at work. Um, okay. And, you know, when I'm pulling the thing out of the microwave, there's there's steam billowing all over the place. And I blow away that steam with the thought that it's cooling off my food. Um, my mouth would say otherwise. So I don't know, you tell me, is, is that really doing anything to cool off the food by actually blowing away the, the steam? It, I mean, you, you say your mouth knows otherwise. Have, have, you, uh, have you been burned? Yeah, most of the time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And what kind of food is this that you're, you're warming up in the microwave? Gosh, you know, most of the time it's it's, it's Mexican food. I mean, uh, I recently bought, gosh, about a case worth of enchiladas. And that's, mm-hmm. what I've been, that's what I've been eating most of the time. Well, maybe you can give us a sample. Um, like, when you, how, do, how do you blow on the food? What's your blow like? <laughs> sure. So, okay, I've, I've taken the food out. You know, I've got the little plastic on top of it. I just kind of pull that away. And this is when the, the steam comes right up to my face because I, I do bring it up pretty close to my face. And then I just kind of blow on it, go... You know, something like that. Hopefully, you could hear me. I could, I, I could do it again. No, that uh, that sounds like a pretty forceful blow. <laughs> was, was there was there a moment when you first started wondering? You know, am am I actually doing anything? You know, it really. Gosh, I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> um, I really burnt my mouth pretty badly, and that's yeah. what made me think. Is like, am I am I really doing anything by by blowing on this on this food? <laughs> So kind of in your lowest moment, this was this was the question you were asking. Yeah, yeah, and, and I felt <laughs> like I, I had I had not only blown on the food, I you know I, I thought I took a bite from not not this obnoxiously large bite or anything like that. So I just thought there's there's got to be a better way to do this, or or maybe I'm just doing this wrong in the first place. All right, well, Chris, we're going to look into this, and hopefully, we'll okay. get you an answer. All right, thanks, guys. Joining us now uh, in the studio is our resident taster peter sagel so peter when you when you were little were you told to to blow on food oh sure yeah blow on it yeah that's a classic classic bit of parental advice i don't know if it works it's just if it's false advice it's been passed down from generation to generation all right we're gonna try it and actually you're gonna try it i'm gonna try i'm gonna blow on the food blow you're gonna blow on fresh from the fryer french fries oh okay Okay. so peter right now uh producer steven and and intern seth have gone to the restaurant uh, here here in our building to get some some piping hot fries. Let's check. Here, this is what's happening with those two guys right now. Walking up the steps. Hey, I, I gotta say they are really, really taking these sound effects serious. How do they even do that? Well, I mean, technically, I believe the explanation is is that when you blow on something and you move air by it, then the the hot pocket of air surrounding the object that is heated. It's yep. blown away. The air is cooled. Therefore, the heat flows. But we're not. E- we're not. Yeah, we're not eating hot pockets though. These are French fries. No, but seriously, where the f- are these guys? Okay, I think they have made their way into the kitchen, and they're about to get the fries uh, d- dumped into the oil. I gotta say, as annoyingly long as uh, Stephen and Seth are taking. To taking, get the fries, yeah, take forever. That is a pretty good sound effect. Oh, Chris, I'm so sorry. This is taking forever. I'm not. I have no idea what's going on with them. I'd also like to look into rub some dirt on it. 
there's any scientific explanation for that. Rubbing dirt. What would you rub dirt on? Like if you if you hurt your, uh, mm. you know, you hurt your knee playing baseball. Rub dirt on rub it. Rub some dirt on it. Shake it off. That kind of thing. Shaking it off. That's it. I think that works. Run it off. I told a kid this weekend to run it off. What had happened to him? Compound fracture. We currently have the fries, and we are headed back to the studio right now. Listening to this, I don't know how exactly they are recording their footsteps, but it sounds like maybe they have picked up a horse and they're they're coming back on horseback. That would explain why it's taking so long. Okay, this sounds like the stairs. This sounds like the metal stairs right outside. They they have to be getting closer. Okay, all right, finally. Hey, thank you, Seth. Fries, fries are here. Arrived. Here we go. And uh, Stephen, thank you for these piping hot fries. So, Mike, why don't you test both these fries as our control fries? Okay. This first fry, uh, the temperature on this first fry looks to be 168 degrees. Your fry also uh, 168 degrees. Okay, so Peter's fry, uh, Peter's fry looks like it's gone from 168 down to 159 post blowing. Uh, so now my fry, if my fry is colder than 159, we will know blowing does not work. 165. Just a three three degree yeah. drop. Mm-hmm. So blowing clearly did some work there. I it think ex- so. Accelerates the cooling process. That's not unexpected. You know, we should really figure out why this is happening. Like the science of it, the physics. Dr. Walter Lewin, can you explain this to us? Okay. Um, Imagine that you blow on the food. What you're doing then is you are evaporating largely water. It depends on the kind of food it is. But in general, you are evaporating water. If you blew on that food warm air instead of the air from your mouth, right. it would still cool like hell. Because the fact that the, uh, that the uh, air that you blow is warm is irrelevant. What counts is that because of your blowing, you are evaporating water. And that takes the energy, that takes the heat out of the food. So you don't even have to blow cold air on the food, warm air would do equally well, maybe even better. Really? Whoa. Suppose you take a shower, you come out of the shower, and you have at home uh, air conditioning, sorry, not air conditioning, warm air, air heat, right? With Uh grids everywhere. Right. Out of the grid in in the winter comes nice warm air, right? Yeah, yeah. We agree, right? Yes, yes, of course. Okay, you step out of the shower, and if that warm air hits you, it's, you freeze to death. Why do you freeze to death? Because the blow of air will evaporate from your body that water. That takes 500 calories for every gram, and you freeze to death. <laughs> the fact that the air is warm is irrelevant. You, I mean, it's terrible. You get out of the, you're, you're naked. You step out of the, uh, the, 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 your bathtub or your shower, and you feel that air on you. Now, of course, you don't, you don't go as far as you're dying, but you immediately feel a terrible cold on you. So, Do- Dr. Lewin, I, I think I had, 
I had intuited what was happening when you you blow on food incorrectly. I I think that I thought uh, the motion of the wind basically coming out of your mouth was pushing the heat off of the food, and that's not what's happening yeah, but at what all. What does that mean? Pushing the heat. Or what is heat? Can you put your finger on heat? No. One more example that fits beautifully in here. Okay. It's a classic, classic problem that we give students. I want to make ice cubes. I have two trays, identical trays. One I fill with hot water, and the other one I fill with cold water. Which one will make me first ice cubes? Well, I would say the cold one. It's the, it's the hot one. Okay, how does that work? Well, you should know by now I gave you a lecture. Because <laughs> the hot water evaporates much faster than the cold water. Because the water is already hot. So, Dr. Lewin, Chris uh, wants to know about this. He eats microwave enchiladas. What, what, is, what is microwave enchilada? Uh, it's like a Mexican dish that you would, it's frozen, a frozen meal. Yeah. And so that's what, he's burned his mouth when he cooks them because they get hot. And so he yeah. tries to, to blow off the heat. I bet you there's a lot of water in there. Yeah. 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 So now he blows on it and it should cool. So maybe an even better idea is he should have some sort of heating element blowing even warmer air over the enchiladas. <laughs> I made the statement that, uh, yeah, that there, is a good, there is a possibility, it would be a nice experiment, there's a good probability that if you blow warm air over it, of course the same amount of, of air per second, you have to compare apples with apples and not apples with coconuts, if you would blow the same amount of air over it per second, yes, I would argue that if there is sufficient amount of water in that food, that it will cool faster if you blow warm air over it. Yes, if I have, for instance, soup, hot soup, man, that's liquid, right? Yeah. You bet your life that if you blow warm air over that soup, it will cool, cool faster than if you blow cold air over that soup. How do you blow on soup, Dr. Lewin? How do I blow? Yeah. Well, I blow with my mouth, right? Just like you. Well, thank you, Dr. Lewin. Okay. Walter Lewin is a professor emeritus of physics at MIT. Okay, we are here at uh, the Field Museum in Chicago, and uh, it's the very beginning of the day. We're here with Bill who is about to give uh, Sue, the Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, her uh, cleaning, which she only gets, you know, twice a year. So, Bill, uh, just looking at Sue, she doesn't look dirty. You know, I don't look think it looks too bad right now either. Um, sometimes it looks really bad, like cobwebs and all sorts of stuff. And it's, it's interesting, it varies, but you're right. Right now she doesn't look too bad, but y if, you, if you stay for the cleaning, you'll see how much dust comes off of her. So do you have any special tools? It looks like you have, I don't know what you call that, just a feather duster? And yeah, a... You know, we, we always refer to it as a feather duster, but for those of us who took chemistry class and cleaned copious amounts of glassware, it's really like a gigantic bottle brush. So it's really a two-step process. We've got a vacuum cleaner, which we reverse, so it's blowing instead of sucking. It blows off the dust, and then that dust that it doesn't get off, we go ahead and actually use the, the big bottle brush to clean off 
the bone, but we try and touch the skeleton as little as we can get away with. Well, okay, so you're about to start. You're about to hop on this, uh, what yeah, do you call this? It's called a scissor lift. It's a hydraulic jack to get, or hydraulic lift to get me up higher in the air so we can get up to what we're cleaning. All right, well, we're, we're going to follow you around with the mic and, right. and listen to that. All right. Good luck up there. All right. And again, you can shorten the tube There really is a lot of dust flying off of her head. Oh, right by the, the fingers, especially there. Maybe it's, maybe it's how, you know, all skulls look like they're smiling mm -hmm. without, you know, the skin on top of them. But it, it does sort of seem like she's enjoying this. Sure. Did you guys come here just to watch the cleaning? Uh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think so far? It's pretty exciting. It didn't look that dusty, but then when they, they blew on it, all the dust came up in the clouds. That was pretty cool. Uh, you know, maybe not the most <laughs> action-packed thing, but... You guys think he's going to knock it over? <laughs> you know, there's always a chance. Is that why you're here, to see it knocked over? <laughs> like NASCAR? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure, sure what I expected, but... Oh, okay. Oh, that is a big cloud. So this isn't the first time you've done this. No, we do it about twice a year. Okay, and do you ever find anything like nestled in her bones when you're cleaning? No, it's just, it's really dust and cobwebs, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, no real surprises, no pennies or anything. Do you feel like you're giving her a bath? You know, what, what I do feel when, up, when I'm up there is that I get sort of a T-Rex eye view of the world. I'm up at her head height, and that's really interesting. To be up next to the back of a T-Rex, you sort of get a feeling, or I imagine, what it must have been like to be her. So have you ever seen this T-Rex before? Mm, yeah, probably over five times. Five times? Dinosaurs are my favorite subject. Is this what you? Is this how you thought a dinosaur would be cleaned? No. She gets cleaned every six months. Yeah. Would you like it if your mom just took a vacuum and blew off the dust on you instead of making you take a bath? <laughs> probably. But I would probably just like it that if I was just some sort of trilobite or something. Okay, he's got out the feather duster now. I love this. He's getting he's getting in between every vertebrae, and then he's kind of going over over top of them. So, so I, I know we noticed that you were just uh, cleaning the ribs with the feather duster. Now, if Sue were alive, uh, would she would she be ticklish? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One thing that I learned in graduate school, it's very important, is the phrase "I don't know." You, I, I do wonder if a Tyrannosaurus Rex was ticklish what that would be like what a, a t-rex laughing would be like we have we have the sound technology where i bet we could we could approximate it give it the best guess susan hammer you uh, work here at the radio station your name is sort of like sue there's a sue there so uh could you give me a laugh <laughs> all right perfect and if we slow that down we can get a sense for what sue the t-rex would have sounded like when she laughed millions of years ago.
All right, we heard from Sarah. Sarah says uh, she listens to How to Do Everything while working her horses. Sarah, these next 15 seconds are for you. I bet no matter how in love you are, wild horses can drag you away. You think so? It's not. I mean, love makes you stronger in uh, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Not not physically. It doesn't make you physically stronger. But well, that's true. Unless you love working out. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike. I learned that hot food really does get cooler when you blow on it. You know, I think about uh, all that all that heat being uh, either radiating out or evaporating away. I wish there was a way to harness that energy. What would you What would you use that heat for, though? You, I mean, you could use it for anything. You You could uh, use it to power an automobile. You could use it to heat more food. Now that would be a great car, like the Honda Soup. You know. Watching Sue being cleaned, mm-hmm. the the T Rex, a lot of a lot of scientists believe T Rex were uh, feathered, and uh, some believe that uh, in the eighties they had feathered hair. Right, right. I, I believe that was uh, when the Debbie Gibson Adon roamed the earth. How to Do Everything is produced by Steven Tobias with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Seth Kelly. Scientists also believe that at one time Seth was feathered. Still is. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian Chillog. And I'm Mike Danforth. This is NPR.